1: Welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Right, folks. Jeff Mosher here. Very interesting week for the Phillies. Losing two to Atlanta with a rain out in between. And then they beat the Mets. Sorta.
0: Of. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to put it, Frank. <laughs> you know Who that.
1: I will say that Sunday game felt like a loss, even though it was oh. not a loss. But what what a well and actually Trey Turner's words
0: afterwards were Kind of weird, but fun. Man, maybe fun for them, Frank, but as a viewer, that was an eyesore. That wasn't fun. I think it's not fun if you're watching this Phillies team and waiting for October to to settle back in, right? It's not fun if you're watching this Phillies team and you see the talent that it added and you're waiting for it all to kind of come together and manifest. And yeah, they had one like something like uh, – five straight series going into that Braves series, right? And they had won, like, 12 of 15. So I'm not trying to, like – I'm distinguishing what the numbers say from what the eyes tell you, right? Mm. The, the The Phillies are not what they were in October, and they feel pretty far from it. They'll probably be in the playoffs. And then I feel like at this point, Frank, and you could tell me if you feel differently, you just have to hope that the magic hits them again because – there are just some like fundamental flaws with this team that keep showing up both offensively, defensively, and occasionally with the pitching that it just doesn't feel like it's going. It feels like we've been talking about it since April.
1: Yeah, lot lots of issues to break down. In fact, I, I do my mailbag segment on 97.3. I got way more questions this week than ever. I guess that means people care. People are into it. Yeah. But there's a lot of, lot of little issues uh, going on right here, and I think that uh, – well, why don't we break some of the down? This is not my mailbag segment, but but I think that that that, <laughs> that feedback can help drive us what we're what we're going to talk about here. But I guess the first thing I would want to bring up is: is this like a at the end essentially a 500 team? I, I, you know, that was a question someone sort of posed to me. But we you know with a 500 team, in my opinion, has some ups and downs, and but they all kind of settle in the middle. We've seen some of the low, we've seen some of the high lately, and and this week kind of felt 500-ish and actually technically was.
0: Uh, well, yeah, you're right, technically. Um, I don't think it's a 500 team, Frank. I think it's it's better from a talent standpoint. Um, you can talk about roster makeup, defense, some of the flaws that they'll always have compared to the Braves who get to every ball, right? Um, but I, But I don't see them per se as much more than a 10 games over 500 type team either. Like, uh, you know, I hate to keep using the Braves or, um, you know, there are some teams in the American League right now, you know, the Rangers have, have set sail. I mean, there are some teams that are playing really good baseball and they're built the right way. Uh, the Phillies, to me, are held back by by who they are as a roster. And uh, and also, well, I, I mean, I think they should be a better hitting team. That, that I think, especially with runners in scoring position, but that just hasn't happened this year.
1: Let's talk about the hitting, then, because I think that's that seems to be what's driving this. Because even even on Sunday's game, Christopher Sanchez gave you exactly what should be enough for this team to win. Now, I know that (laughs) five innings and three runs is like a 5.4 ERA and doesn't look great. But if your fifth starter does that, you should be able to at least stay in the game, right? The offense should do that for you, right?
0: Yeah, I I, I mean... I like the joke that Christopher Sanchez is rounding into his Bailey Falter form. He's giving you <laughs> the Bailey Falter of 2022. Like he's giving you what you need at every fifth day. Yeah, so far.
1: Excuse me, we had a Saturday he pitched, right? But but that's but but I think that's a, a testament to this offense that you expect it to be better. But let's talk first about mm-hmm. Bryce Harper because his power stroke seems to be missing now. I don't necessarily want to kill the guy because he had this lightning-fast return to Major League Baseball, and he's giving them something. But what he's not giving them is the power. Does that
0: concern you at all? Somewhat. I mean, I I expected it, and I I, I hate to kind of, like, beat the same drum that we've been beating for a couple of weeks now, but um, we know that Max Muncie had this same kind of injury, right? And if you go look at Max Muncie last year, his first 60 games, the power was way down compared to his last 60 games. Now, this year, the power was way back up. He was among the leaders in home runs before he before he got hurt, and he should be coming back soon. So I, I, I expected that to take some time. And I also think if you watch him, I feel like he's just a hair off. I mean, he's got running track power right now. He has driven some opposite field pretty well. You can tell he's very frustrated because he's had some long flyouts. Um, but I would say not concerned because I expected it. More about other lineup not doing, to me, what I, I mean, not not taking advantage of some pitches to hit.
1: Yeah, I, I think his swing is just a, a bit off. I mean, you're at the very least, he's not – he didn't swing for a long time. He wasn't allowed to swing for a long time. I would expect there right. to be some – time to perfect it. I, I, what I do like is he's not necessarily, I mean, not, not that it doesn't happen, but he's not swinging and missing to to the degree that would concern me. He's still still making contact, which if, if you ask me about any player, I, I feel like once the contact gets back in place, the power will eventually work itself out. And So uh, for me, I, I realize this, that I'm not concerned that he will Never get it back or anything like that, but at the end of the day, Jeff, this Phillies team needs some power.
0: Well, I agree with you and um i I, I hate to pick on the guy who's leading the team in home runs and Kyle Schwerber, <laughs> but I don't know, Frank, you're watching him like I am right like go go back to to the Sunday game against the Mets, you know the Mets hand deliver the the Mets took the the bat out of the Phillies hands. And that was a gift to the Phillies because Schwarber comes up there with the bases loaded. Right. And I swear he looked at two pitches that he should have hit to Jupiter. One was like a hanging breaking ball. I think that was the first pitch. And the other was just like maybe on the outside corner, they called it a ball, but that's a pitch that he could drive. Um, so it's, it's two O from the start. Then he swings it to, and it's two, two, and then he gets hit. And I just, Go back to like those first two pitches where that, that's what you want. You're Kyle Schwarber. The base is loaded. A guy hangs a breaking ball. And I felt like he was going up there looking to just walk and see pitches and take pitches. And you're not the leadoff at that point. You know, you're not trying to work that pitcher. You're trying to put the ball in the air and play at least one and maybe two. And then right after he gets hit, Trey Turner comes up, right? And he gets ahead of the count two and zero. Oh. Fine. The next two pitches thrown by... What's the guy's name for the Metsy? He completely imploded. I can't remember his name now. Uh, uh, Natoli or something? Uh, oh, no, know, Natoli got Brigham. them out of it.
1: It was before Natoli. Uh...
0: Right, Brigham, Brigham. That's the guy, right? Brigham. He threw... ...right down Broadway that Turner fouled back. And they were like 90, 91 miles per hour. I mean, those are pitches that Terry Turner, last year, the year before, just pounces on. So... You know, I hate to kill people. It's not like they're not trying. I know Trent Turner's trying to hit the ball, but that's frustrating to see that pitches that he should be driving to right out over the wall or the right center or the left center are being fouled off when they're only 90, 91 miles per hour. And then Schwarber is just looking at good pitches. And I thought, going back to that Oakland series, when they were they won a game despite being like 2 of 15 with runners, I just feel like these, other than Castellanos right now, these guys are looking at too many good pitches, right?
1: Yeah, Br- Brigham did not seem to have – Jeff Brigham is his name. Uh, he did not seem to have much at all that day. And it still felt like that, yeah, they scored four runs. They had one hit, Jeff. <laughs> they were afraid to
0: swing the bat, yeah. <laughs> which, which it boggles like, well, my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Mets. You know the Mets are going to blow it. You know you have an advantage here. All you got to do is put a ball in play. Right. Two times. Even if you make an out, you probably played a run and tie the game. Just so. So what are you afraid of? You're at the top of your order. They just seem very, very tentative right now. So that to me, Frank, means that I think that they're 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 anxious. They're pressing. They they're aware that they've been slumping all season long. and It's really in their heads.
1: By the way, that's that Vinny Natoli who relieved him is a uh, ring bearer from the 2022 National League Championship. (laughs) Phillies, right? I knew that name's for for his for his two appearances <laughs> last season with the Phillies. So, but, uh, but, yeah. So, so I think we're in agreement there that the, that this offense is 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 just a little concerning. Like, I feel like they're they're gonna because they're so talented, they're gonna walk into wins like they did the other day on Sunday. I think they can do that by accident. So, I guess the big question then is what happens long-term is this enough to is this enough to rely on on.
0: yeah i think that's a really good point like go back to oakland they ran into wins you know even though they didn't hit the ball well they're just better than oakland and and they got good pitching uh but then when you go have to play the braves and you need some big hits then it's a big difference you know and again the mets have been falling all over themselves for for about a month now um, and, and, you know, as you look at the schedule coming up, Frank, it's kind of an interesting mix of some good teams, some bad teams. You know, the Cubs are not so good, although they've given the Phillies some issues. Then there's the Nationals. Um, so, again, I expect the Phillies will win, you know, these games. And then, you know, against the Rays, maybe they'll struggle in the Marlins. Maybe they'll struggle going into the All-Star break. But, like, I, I would almost rather not focus on wins and losses and more so on, Can this lineup get its act together? Can someone be the spark plug that Reese Hoskins used to be for this team? That I felt like Trey Turner was starting to come along. Um, Still had, I know he had two or three RBIs in that that game against the Mets, but that seems like fool's gold. You know, it's been Nick Castellanos and only Nick Castellanos so far. It's got to be Harper, I guess. He's got to like go through one of those torrid streaks where he just, you know, knocks the crap out of the ball and then everybody jumps on.
1: Hey, and then the good teams, they know better than to pitch to Nick Castellanos, right? So correct th- they can easily neutralize, and I think you're seeing that a little bit. Teams just aren't giving Castellanos anything to hit.
0: Uh, and, I, and my biggest fear is that he's going to feel that soon and then start to wave at bad pitches because he feels like he's the only one, he's the savior of the lineup, and he's got to get the hits. And then he reverts back to the bad habits that put him in a slump last year. I mean, it is—it's mind-boggling that after last year, Castellanos is the Phillies' best hitter this year, and nobody else can hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, Real Muto. I mean, that's another one that I don't—I think it kind of gets lost. I mean, yep. he is one of the high-dollar bats. I mean, they're paying him to hit, right? Yeah, yeah. He maybe he may be a top receiver, but. The reason why he gets paid so much is he can hit, too. There's plenty of guys that can stand behind the plate and, th- and call a good game. Yep.
0: Yeah, so, and you know what? I thought he was coming out of it. I mean, he seemed to have a pretty good series against um, the Diamondbacks and the A's, but then since then, it's just kind of like, you know, the radar went back the other way. And Frank, I, I, I got to tell you, like, I've never been a anti-Swarber leadoff guy, but I'm starting to get there, man. I'm really, I mean, the, the on-base percentage is not supporting it. And if the only reason he's leading off is because they feel that's where they get their home run production from, because he has had a few of those. I I feel like that's a lot of money for a very one dimensional guy.
1: Yeah. I'm with you there. So uh, that's, that's, I never was a fan of it. I kind of said, Hey, if it works, do it. I mean, when I say it works, I mean, everybody around him also had to function and, and show that they are all working as a team together, but I don't. I, I'm not really seeing that happen uh, on a long term basis. So, so I am with you there. I, I don't like that. I never liked it. I was willing to put up with it if it worked. I'm not sure necessarily that it's working. So, I guess that's the next question is now. I do want to spend some time talking about this because there was a uh, sports talker in Philadelphia who said, "Hey, the Phillies should go trade for Paul Goldschmidt." And then Jim Bowden of The Athletics said, hey, the Phillies and Cardinals should make a trade involving Paul Goldschmidt. There's no real <laughs> – there's really nothing to these rumors other than a couple of guys said, hey, they should, the Phillies should get him. I don't think Paul Goldschmidt's going anywhere. That's my first point, right? Would you agree with that?
0: Uh, well, I mean, the, I know the Cardinals are way out of it, but you got to think that they feel pretty good that with Arnauto and Goldschmidt going forward that they can be back in it pretty soon however i don't know that's an organization that does know how to turn over its roster pretty quickly and take advantage of some really good offers so i wouldn't completely dismiss it but i think you would have to give up a lot and i'm not sure the phillies are in that position where they have a lot to give
1: yeah there's two things at play here right one the cardinals have to say okay uh we don't want to win the rest of this year which 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 might be a fair thing to do now 13 games under 500 so they might make that decision but don't you want that duo in the middle of your lineup next year, don't you if you're the Cardinals, yeah, you might make a trade, but that's a winning combination for next year.
0: Agreed. Um, I I would say this, because I know they always have good prospects. They had a kid come up this year. Um, I don't think he's a first baseman, but I would just say this. I think if the the Cardinals were going to trade Goldschmidt, they would ask for a King's Ransom and probably get a King's Ransom because Goldschmidt's a really good player. Now, what would be what would the Phillies give up that would be considered a king's ransom? I mean, they would have to probably give up one of those pitchers in in the pipeline and I just if I'm putting the Phillies together, I really don't want to do that for another bat. I mean, I've got a lot of bats here
1: yeah i'm I'm actually with you there i, I That was my second point to all this. One, the Cardinals have to, to be willing to trade him, and two, the Phillies will have to pony up what the market will demand. Now, I guess the, the big question is, is there a lot of demand for a right-handed first baseman among the contenders? I mean, I, that, that would be another thing, too. Uh, if there's more demand, the Cardinals might be willing. But when I'm looking at all these major uh, contenders in baseball, like, I don't really see a lot of teams with a hole at first base, per se. Although, the, you know, now that everybody has a DH, that could change it. But um, yeah. But I think the demand will be low which keeps the price lower, which makes me also think that the Cardinals won't do it. You know, and for the Phillies, I mean, they're, they're going to ask for Andrew Painter, right? I mean, you're talking about a, a premium player here.
0: Yep. So I'm not doing it. I'm yeah. not, I'm not trading. I'm not even trading McAble, honestly. And I, and I'm, I'm not convinced McAble is going to be a one or a two yet in, in major league baseball. But I, I, like, we talk about this year after year. It's fun when the Phillies make the world series. It's fun that, they can assemble this kind of roster that theoretically should be better, but you need a farm system and you need pitching and you can't just go out and buy and buy and buy. Then and you fall into the same trap as you had just a couple of years ago when you had D.D. Gregorius and some other older players making too much money and and you're kind of trapped. I mean, you've got you to gotta develop kids.
1: How about McGarry? Would you trade him?
0: I really don't want to. I mean, I, again, I don't want to trade a pitcher for a bat when I've got all this money invested in that bat. I mean, I suppose if I'm getting Goldschmidt, then, you know, that's a, he's a pretty special player. So you could probably talk me into it at the end of the day as much as I'm against it right now. Um, because, you know, if you, if, I don't know, what, what is it like McGarry and, Derek Hall and then some some other kid for probably, probably another probably, top
1: prospect like a Justin Crawford. Yeah, I'm not trading Crawford.
0: No, I, yeah, like doing that. I I'm not. I'm just not doing
1: that. Yeah, I mean, I'm maybe, trying
0: to I'm trying to be competitive, but not be like the Phillies from 2011, 12, You know, after the run was over, that you were just terrible, right? You want to be sustainable.
1: Yeah, I I I, I don't know. I I would. Now, the good news for the Phillies, so they do have a lot of outfield depth. Uh, Simone Muziati hitting the cover Mm -hmm. off the ball, triple A, right? So there's one outfielder. Then you have behind him Johan Rojas, who is a premium defensive center fielder, right? So by the way, Mm -hmm. the Phillies, who didn't have a center fielder for all these years, now have a glut. And Justin Crawford is uh, at low A, Clearwater. Yeah, uh, probably gonna get promoted to to uh Jersey mm-hmm. Shore at some point. So they'll basically at their top three levels have a, a premium center fielder at each. So yeah. there's uh there's some depth there. I could see them trading a Johan Rojas. I would be okay with that. Uh I feel mm-hmm. like Simone Muziati might might uh not be considered the ilk of the others, uh although somebody mm-hmm. might be interested in him based on what they see. But I don't think that that gets you the type of player that, that we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, again, I, th- I think you're right. You can package those kind of players and get yourself something good, but I don't know that you're getting gold spread for that. But I don't
1: know who, who somebody good uh, is. That's the other thing, too. You know, Right. There's, Christian there's... Walker? I don't know. Even Christian Walker's even on a, a very good team. He's he not going anywhere. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe as a free agent <laughs> after next year, but –
0: but there's CJ no. CJ uh... Cron, he just came back for the for the ride. He's is he right handed, Cron, yeah. He is, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think he's underwhelming to
1: me personally, but I, I don't yeah, know. He
0: could be core he could be course field inflated. I mean he certainly was like just an okay player for the Rangers, right, until he went to Colorado, like a lot of players in Colorado. So you know, See, I'd I feel be, like I'd the, be careful. I feel like the okay
1: players will I don't know. I I don't know that they need an okay player other than it changes the mix um now uh carlos de la cruz uh, is a nice player in the philly system too i would imagine he might get some interest he's doing very well at class double a reading uh he's uh, Mm. 14 home runs 881 ops uh you know so he's got some power he's hitting 299 on base 372 i mean he's he's pretty nice rounded player you might have him. Uh, he played a lot of spring training games early this year, so but uh, he could play you some outfield or first base. Um, he's a nice player to is have. He,
0: is he anything like Ellie De La Cruz?
1: <laughs> oh, man, that guy. Ooh. Man, oh, the Reds.
0: <laughs> By the way,
1: just a quick, quick side note. The, the Reds released Will Myers. Uh, you're seeing, I bring that up, one, he's, at, he's out there to be had. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to the Phillies taking him right now and seeing if he can be anything for you at first base before the trade deadline, whereas you can uh, upgrade them later. But um, but, but the fact that they let Will Myers go is a sign that the Reds are, like, turning the page into contention. I know you like the Reds. You know, now that they've added De La Cruz, man, they're a different team.
0: Yeah, talk about the whole spark plug effect. I mean, he reminds me of what Acuna did for the Braves when they started the turnover from – from the older Braves to like Freddie Freeman's last few years to, to then Acuna, you know, I mean, he's just it's just everywhere. <laughs> I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. Um, hey. But now that now that you mentioned the Myers thing, and you got me thinking about the whole Phillies first base thing, we we talked last podcast right about Cody Clemens, his versatility. We'll keep him on the fifty three. Uh, Derek Hall. Uh, this is what team needs power? Go ahead.
1: I was going to say on the what you keep him on the fifty three.
0: I'm sorry, I I 50 threats. <laughs> Wrong, sport. Wrong sport. Yeah, 26. not inside the birds. Um, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> the, this team needs power. And, you know, Clemens had a pretty disappointing at-bat in that pseudo-rally uh, against the Mets. He was probably the only one who had a terrible at-bat and struck it and got it out. I, I just – I think Derek Hall has got to come up soon when he's ready. I mean, if he's not ready by now, he should be ready. Um, because I know that you have to wait a certain amount of time, right, when you get uh, – when you TVs. come off the – than, when, yeah, 15 days.
1: 15 days from when you're optioned, unless there is an injury. So the Phillies, yeah. So the Phillies essentially committed to 15 days of Derek Hall in AAA. All
0: right. And how many days has it been as we record this?
1: Ooh, I have to start out. <laughs> not,
0: not enough, Frank. That's my point. Yeah. Whenever 15 is up, I think you got to bring him up. I'm, I'm, I'm just Cody Clemens doesn't do it for me. I know he's versatile. I know he's had some big hits at times this year, but I need that power, first baseman. I really, I just need it for this team right now.
1: Uh, Hall has a couple home runs since he's been rehabbing. He hasn't been totally his power hasn't totally been back. That's the reason why I don't think that they they did it. All right, so June nineteenth that was his option day. So we're we're, we're still no, like so we got about a week, a good week away.
0: All right, is it fifteen days or fifteen games? Fifteen days. Okay, so we got about a week. I need I need to see Derek Wall back up here. The, by the not, time we record the next Powder Blue podcast, I just need to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <but laughs> thank we'll, you, Cody uh, Clemens, but I need it. <laughs> would you
1: take a flyer on a Will Myers in the interim?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, why not? I'm, I I know he wasn't hitting cool.
1: well this year, but I mean, he's a uh, he's a pretty uh, pretty. I don't know. He's got a, he's got a track record. I mean, he yeah. was AL Rookie yeah. of the Year once upon a time. He was an All Star. Yeah, he's not. He hasn't been doing great. Um, I know yeah, he had a I mean, kidney stone issue, but no. but I don't know. The stats aside, I mean, it's just getting somebody who's a veteran and has somewhat of a track record, helpful enough. Especially if he's free. I mean, if it, I, the reason I like taking him now is you're a month away from the trade deadline, five five weeks really, and you could give him five weeks, and if he doesn't
0: do it for you, just move on. Uh, that's fair. I mean, I, again, I'd still rather see Derek Hall because of the power. Not that Will Myers did not have power at one point in his career. It's just been about seven or eight years since he had it. So, um, I don't know. And I'd I'd just rather go with the guy who I have here, you know, just waiting to come up. But you make a good argument. This is a veteran. The guy's been around and had some success.
1: I mean, other than that, um, we haven't seen... Uh, Jesus Aguilar did sign. Uh, I know we were kicking around that name, but how about Luke Voigt? Um, uh, Luke, I don't think he's landed with anybody yet.
0: Still, oh, wow. Well, that's a kind of a warning sign to me. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know why he wouldn't have, he wouldn't be with it. He was with the Brewers to start the year, right? Yeah, yeah, played yeah. 20 games. Yeah, I don't know. I know he didn't have any home runs and, and, uh, you know, wasn't doing very well. So, I don't know. I, I'm i frank, I'm sort of trying to get the guy on the way up instead of the guys on the way down.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, pardon me. Uh, that's right. Voigt did sign a minor league deal with the Mets, but I'm sure he could be <laughs> <had>. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of, and of course the uh it was actually kind of a trade because uh Darren Ruff ends up being signed in his place by the Brewers and <laughs> they basically mm-hmm. traded traded uh traded first baseman there <laughs> with with that. That's but great. Ruff is uh Ruff is injured though. He's he broke his kneecap, but uh, but that was kind of a, a trade. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's a good for, but good for Darren Ruff making his career this long. You know,
0: you know. The well, you know that, what? Uh... Yeah, like the the Giants really helped him. Kind of, you know, after he, they, he was in Korea, right? Mm-hmm. And then he signed with the Giants a couple of years ago, and they know how to use their righty lefty switch off better than any organization, right? And so they they put him in a good spot. They're doing it right now with Conforto and J.D. Davis, guys who were. Sort of platoon guys with the man. Well, Conforto was a starter, but J.D. Davis was a platoon guy. Wilmer Flores was a platoon guy. They use their their guys, Lamont Wade, you know, perfectly um, to to like put them in the best positions to succeed. I, mean, I shouldn't say perfectly, but they're doing pretty well with that roster right
1: now. The cap, the Kapler, the Kapler way.
0: <laughs> uh, I call it the uh, Farhan Zahidi way, right? <laughs>
1: oh, Kapler did it in Philly too. He just didn't have his That's true. He did. Didn't have a GM picking the players for him like like uh, <laughs> Farhan Zaidi, so um, so I guess I guess you don't have that there. So all right, so then 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 here's the question then. So uh, I know some people have broken into the discussion. Then do the Phillies need a bat or an arm? Uh, my answer to that is yes, they need both. <laughs> but um, you to me the other thing too is they need some starting pitching to imagine if right so let's say even if christopher sanchez gives you the 5 and 3 that we just talked about a little while ago what if somebody else gets hurt
0: yeah they'd be in trouble They'd be in trouble i mean i haven't really checked in on how billy falter's been doing in the triple a do
1: uh, i think they've forgotten about him yeah um, well
0: that's, you know it's kind of that's such, that's so baseball i mean the guy was pretty good last year first right? stretch you got to a bad start this year first stretch but, I mean, Christopher Sanchez has been good here for a stretch. It's not like I expect Christopher Sanchez to be uh, the number five starter now for the next three years. I feel so like, though, he's, sort of
1: he's more predictable to me. I don't know. I, I, I feel like Sanchez, you kind of know what you're going to get. Falter uh, has a chance to blow up. I mean, of course, he didn't do well in the playoffs. I mean, luckily, he pitched right. the same day as Mike Clevenger. <laughs> <So, laughs> um, imagine if they were different games, you know, uh, how how different things could be. Yeah, so – so yeah. at AAA Lehigh Valley, Falter has pitched twenty-seven innings, seven starts, twenty-seven innings, five-six-seven ERA, one-five-nine mm-hmm. WHIP. So he is performing five-six-seven ERA. So he's performing worse at AAA than he did in the majors. <laughs> so
0: do you, do you think that the Phillies envision their fifth starter in September being Andrew Painter, and that's why they're really not in a rush to get it right now? I mean, Andrew, I believe is starting his bullpen session soon, right? He was throwing off flat ground, and and the next is to go to the bullpen sessions. I I would actually think that
1: you have a better shot of Griff McGarry or McGable, <laughs> and the reason is, you know, some actually one of my one of my friends, Rich, longtime uh, listener of the podcast, by the way, but uh, but Rich uh, actually asked me like, well, what's going on that they're. They're pitching such short outings at Reading, and my guess is they're trying to keep the pitch counts down because they hope to use them in the major leagues this year, right? Is that is that that seems to be me connecting the dots? Because why else would you pull someone pitching well after three, four innings, like every
0: single start? Right. I mean, the whole piggybacking has been going on for a while, but yes, that's usually intended to keep the innings down, so that would make sense.
1: So I feel like they they're kind of keeping open the possibility that you'll see McGarry or or Abel soon and I think I think it's very possible uh that they get a promotion to Lehigh Valley sooner than later. Uh, mm-hmm. so uh you know uh by the way Mick Abel selected the All-Star Futures game this year. So you'll... you know he
0: it's not like he's tearing it up. I mean you are a 4-5 whip of one almost one 3 uh you know he is young. I mean he is. He's twenty one. Still twenty one years that. old,
1: right? So it feels like feels like he's been around longer, but he's just twenty one right. years old. So I, I but I think that they would like to see if, if he can do something for them uh at some point this year, even though uh I mean at least that's what the, the short
0: outings say to me. Right. Um well, I don't know. If one of those two can come up and be the number five, that would be uh, a good thing. But I guess it does, it just doesn't feel like the Phillies see the fifth starter right now as one of their more glaring deficiencies, or else they probably would have moved to like get a guy like Savali, who you mentioned was out there or, or just, I mean, there's a bunch of guys who could be at number five, you know, um, that are roaming out there. It just doesn't seem like that, that to them is, is their biggest issue. If they feel like they've got the young kids that are just waiting for the calendar to turn to bring in.
1: Yeah. Or I don't know, or it could be that not necessarily that they want them to come up, but they are, they are backup plans. I mean, uh, less yeah. The, I mean, um, Abel, they basically capped him at five innings period. Uh McGarry, he's gone five innings, two innings, then three and two thirds. So he has mm-hmm. really, uh, uh, they've really kind of seemed to be holding him back. So I think that they're, that they're in their back pocket just in case. And, uh, they could be helping the phillies but in terms of painter I, I i still think that that they are um i think what they're doing is just trying to to see if the whole, he will happen to give them something this year mm-hmm. i i i don't think that there's i don't think there's any expectation i mean i think i think they have to plan as if he's not around
0: true i just i'm reacting off what i heard uh thompson say he was on with a morning show on WIP, and he was asked, you know, do you have any reluctance to use Andrew Painter if he's healthy in September? And his response was no reluctance at all, and you know, and I think he even add on, you know, you know, we think that that's a a possibility. So it kind of perked me up there that maybe that that's in the backs of their minds and that this is going to happen. Yeah,
1: well, we'll see. I I, I don't want any. Long-term damage to his progress, just because uh, they're a little overly eager to see him. I, now I know, right? I know. Even just walking around the complex uh, at spring training, there were certainly a lot of people that that we know and respect uh, chit-chatting. Just you know, um, not that I was eavesdropping, but you could hear them mm-hmm. raving about Painter throughout. So um, yeah, to one another. So <laughs> so I think that they really hoped to get something out of him this year, but I, I don't know. I, I, I just, just, just be careful.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. Can, can, can we just for a second though, talk about some of these decisions here in the bullpen, because I still am sort of scratching my head on game one uh, against the Braves, where it's a close game two one game. And the first guy you go to out of the pen is Hoffman. Hoffman, in well, <laughs> Jeff Hoffman, who's pitched well. It's not that I, I don't think Jeff Hoffman's pitched well. It's that when you have a bullpen with guys like Alvarado and Soto and, you know, Kimbrell and Sir Anthony, you've got to be able to have one of them available for that game. And I think Thompson said something strange after the game about how he doesn't pitch guys two days in a row um, or the ones who are coming off injury like Alvarado uh, yeah. or uh, they need two days off is what I think he said. But right. Alvarado pitched Game One against the Mets and Game Three against the Mets, so he clearly didn't get two games off in that series, right? So I'm a little confused about what's going on there. Well, I I, I think that they're
1: they were just in a tough situation with injuries. Now Dominguez, of course, on the IL right now, right? Yeah. He's strained oblique, and you know what? The, I know they at, at the beginning they said, "Oh, it'll just be the 15 days." It almost mm. is never the 15 days. An oblique. Okay. You need to just leave it the hell alone, <laughs> right? I mean, of all the yeah. injuries, you need to just get rest. That thing is not going to he- not going to heal if you keep using it. So they need to be. They need to let him do nothing. So that that takes him off. Not to mention he he's been a little up and down anyway. So then the question becomes: Who's your next best right-handed reliever beyond Craig Kimbrel? Well, then guess what? Brogdon hmm. got himself optioned to the minor leagues. So did Bilotti. Yep. Although I Yeah, who's pitching I can, well. I think we're going to see him soon. The only thing I can think of with Velardi yeah. is that they don't like his command because what happens when you throw fast in the minor league sometimes is the the undisciplined hitters just swing at it anyway. So I, mm-hmm. I I have not seen him pitch, but if he's just striking out a lot of guys because they're undisciplined minor league hitters, maybe they want to see a little bit more of the command. I don't know. I have I have right. not got to watch him personally, but that could that that could be the explanation, but I don't know. So,
0: hmm.
1: but anyway, you take out really who are supposed to be your three top, three top right-handed arms, then,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> then I guess it is Jeff well, Hobman. I guess it is Junior Marte.
0: I mean, they're they're all right, they're, but then, then really... at that point, are you maybe overthinking the righty? I mean, you got some lefties you threw hard and can get righties out. You know, do you go to Hoffman there on the seventh inning? Could you have gone to Soto? Could you have gone to Strom? I mean, you had that day so off. I don't think before. Strom
1: was available either because he was used so much. So, yeah, I mean, that was part of the problem, too. You know, going back to the, the bullpen discussion, some of these guys, right. you're going to burn them out if you don't have a fifth starter. Now, uh, maybe that but was they had more of day before. off. Yeah. That's
0: what me. They had the day off.
1: Yeah. Before no, that. I'm I'm with you. I mean, I understand Alvarado, the plan was not to throw him I I, I know I know there was a plan. I I'm, try, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I don't know if they wouldn't throw him two days in a row or if they threw them two days in a row then he would take two days off. I think he's right. just kinda getting back into the swing of things from his injury. So I mm-hmm. I, I, I kinda understand that. You don't wanna you don't want to lose him again due to an injury. So
0: oh anyway, his program's his program, whether we agree with it or not. But 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 I'm fine with that. But then it seemed inconsistent when they used him in two out of three games against the Mets because there was only one day off in between. So now I'm confused on what the program actually is. I mean, I did hear that it moved
1: into um, he would pitch with one day's rest again. But but yeah. But anyway, it's Mm -hmm. it's a tough spot. And by the way, thank goodness for, for Craig Kimbrell who continues to just lock down games uh, that he's been entrusted
0: with the small lead. Right. Right. Craig has been very good. And uh, it was a good pickup. I was worried. I remember when we were talking about this bullpen going into the year and I said, man, the way Kimbrell pitched last year, which was a pretty good, you know, he he pitched better than I thought at his age and what he had been through. I said, this could either be a really good addition or he's just going to, it's going to be implosive and we're going to be questioning it, but it's wound up being really good so far. I just hope it continues.
1: Yeah, I mean he kind of fell off a cliff last year. Uh started off as the closer for the Dodgers and uh it kind of hit a wall at one point. So hopefully he's got that stamina. I will say this his 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 velocity has been better than last year, so mm-hmm. hopefully that's mm-hmm. a good sign uh that that he can he can power through, but uh but yeah, that's a uh I don't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but do you need to do what you did last year and hire uh or trade for a David Robertson type, you know, of a veteran right-handed arm that's that could help
0: (laughs) well i let's see how blotty does when he comes back up because i think he'll be up pretty soon and then maybe a prog can get himself back together we we got a couple weeks before we have to answer that question
1: but yeah it just seems it just boggles my mind that this bullpen flush with right-handed options is now all of a sudden (laughs) you know down to one
0: yeah. And I'm not going to hold one bad outing, by the way, against Hoffman, against the Braves, against him. He has been pretty good this year. So I would like to see him out there again in a high leverage situation if there's, you know, no other right hander, you know, because I want to, I don't, I want to be fair to this kid. He's been pretty good. And that was the Braves, and the Braves are good. So you, you got to expect that every once in a while. Yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, I, I, by the way, I make no disrespect to Hoffman. I mean, he has pitched admirably yeah. <laughs> since, yeah. since he's come up, but you know, what what tends to happen is, you know, when, again, you, you expose somebody uh, you know, or somebody who was good at the, at the uh, um, perhaps front end of your bullpen, mm-hmm. all of a sudden has to go into the higher leverage situations. Maybe it catches up to you a little bit more, you know, because you're facing different others. Yeah. So, so we'll see. I mean, I he, mean, he's been, he's somebody who's been in the game a long time, at least. I mean, he's been up since 2016, Lots of years with the Rockies pitching the course field, of course, but um, mm-hmm. did have a successful 2022, I will say. You know, with the Reds last year, he was pretty good. So yeah. uh, it was yeah, kind was of a shrewd. Man. In fact, I'm kind of surprised that he was a pickup without the invite to spring training. <laughs> that, that, right. Because you know, they signed him to that minor league deal um, at the end of the outcome. Oh, sorry, he was in camp with the, the, the Twins. That's what it was. So mm-hmm. he was not even in Philly's camp. Uh he didn't make the Twins. Uh it was granted his release and the Phillies were able to grab him. So that was that was kind of a, an off the uh radar situation there. So good good, mm-hmm. good
0: good for them to notice. Definitely. Definitely. Gonna need him probably here as we uh move into the uh latter months of the season.
1: And also Andrew Vasquez, uh, you know he's not—he's still the third lefty, I guess at this point on the depth chart. At the point, at this point, right? So behind Alvarado and Soto, but but hey, another one. Kudos, guy that was not expected to make the roster, and here he is. He's still hanging in there. Yes, he is. So, well, you know, every every season though, like the bullpen is never what you expect to go. To the season right <laughs> you know i mean even even last year dominguez's rebirth was a total surprise right yeah so definitely you know that some guys are just going to step up out of nowhere some will will fall flat out of nowhere and right. you need a heck of a lot more than the eight relievers you plan on going into the season
0: i mean it was just last year i think that alvarez got sent down right in the middle of the alvarado, year alvarado, yeah. yeah alvarado i'm sorry yeah got he was doing so poorly he got sent down brought back up like five, five days later and then for the rest of the year, it was lights That's out. Off.
1: Well, he was lights out to start the year, so hopefully hopefully he gets his uh, health back in, in order and then he can be his old dominant self. All right, so we're getting close to the All-Star break uh, that takes place two weeks from now, so mm-hmm. hopefully that will give the uh, Phillies a chance to sort of uh, get some rest. And uh, by the way, at, in a closing note, so I think the Phillies' All-Star is Castellanos. Is that it?
0: Uh, Cassianos, I think there's still time for, it's amazing to say this, but I think Nola's pitched pretty well. Wheeler is getting a little bit better. I mean, I haven't looked at the National League pitching landscape uh, to see who else is doing well, but I feel like one of those two guys may have an opportunity.
1: Well, Wheeler, Wheeler was owed from last year. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a makeup move.
0: Yeah. But who knows? I could see it.
1: Who knows? We'll see. We've got two weeks of baseball, then... All star break. Uh, but by the way, again, uh, the Florida stretch before the break will be will mm-hmm. be telling three games against the Rays and St. Pete. I think that'll feel like a home game to the Phillies since they can <laughs> hang out at all their favorite Clearwater places. And then they head to Miami against the Marlins for three, and we'll see how they can do against this Marlins team, which has been pretty good. So they have a they have a chance yeah. to go into the break,
0: maybe a little bit more even with this Marlins team. We'll talk about it. I know we will. Maybe next uh, next podcast after the the, the Cubs and National Series, we'll feel a little better about things.
1: Uh, oh, and uh, and one more thing. I know I said in closing the All Star Break, but next Saturday, hey, you can or this Saturday, excuse me, mm-hmm. Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal in his uh, third career Diesel <laughs> t <TJing>, j So <laughs> that'll be hyper. That will that will be an interesting uh, thing after Saturday's game against. I might have to go to that,
0: Frank. I might have to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, let me know how it is next time. But for now, this has been the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, Mosher. Catch you next time.